0: Great grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and from his Holy Spirit that bids us be here and allows us the grace of being called by the name of our Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Father, we bless your name. I'd like to say thank you again and bring greetings from your brothers and sisters at Peace Lutheran Church in Decatur, Georgia. Uh, I serve as pastor there, and, 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 uh, and we have the privilege of being the host for this uh, academic year's uh, communion services. Yesterday, we had, a, we had a great opportunity, baptismal remembrance. Water, water everywhere! <laughs> shed abroad upon the people of God, hallelujah. Water, of course, is the most plentiful element in all of God's creation. Uh, we consider these facts about water. About 70% of an adult's body is made up of water. That would be 80% for an infant. Pure water, that is solely hydrogen and oxygen atoms, are pH neutral, neither a base nor an acid. Somewhere between 70 and 75% of the Earth's surface is covered with water. And more water than we can see is stored underground. The earth is a closed system, meaning that it rarely loses or gains extra matter. The same water that existed on the earth when God stepped out on creation and said, let there be, exists today. Consequently, it's interesting that our Heavenly Father wants to make a strong, when he wants to make a strong statement about condemnation or about judgment, about his displeasure with humankind as the crown of his creation, he has often used this very simple yet profound element to speak. Simply because it is so omnipresent, simply because it is so profound, God uses water. Water, water, everywhere. In Noah's day, The earth was so perverse that the Father decided to wipe out everything, all living creatures on the earth. And what did he use? Water, water, (laughs) everywhere. He used a flood, and a flood, that's tons and tons and lots and lots and gallons and gallons of water. Judgment, destruction visited through the very element we require to survive. You do know that we can live for three weeks without food. Well, some of us can. Some of us are having a hard time making it to lunch. <laughs> but stats say that, that we can live for three days without, for three weeks without food. But we need water within three days or our, our bodily systems begin shutting down. It's interesting that our Father would use this particular element for judgment. Remember the narrative that tells of Moses before Pharaoh and the use of water, the Lord says, if they won't believe these two signs, throw down your staff and it's a serpent, put your hand in your cloak and it becomes leprous, put it back in your cloak and it becomes healed again, or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile, pour it on the dry ground, and the water that you shall take from the Nile Nile will become blood on the dry ground. So the Lord says, by this you'll know that I'm the Lord. Behold, Moses says, behold, with the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water that's in the Nile and it shall turn into blood. And the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, take your staff, stretch out your hand over the waters of the Nile, over the rivers, the canals and their ponds and all their pools of water so that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout the land of Egypt, even in the vessels of wood and the vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded in the sight of Pharaoh and the sight of his servants. He lifted up the staff, struck the waters of the Nile, and all the water in the Nile turned to blood. And the fish in the Nile died, and the Nile stank so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile. There was blood throughout the land of Egypt, blood, blood everywhere. Water becomes blood. The issue with blood is blood won't satisfy a thirst for water. Blood will not satisfy our body's need. Blood will not nourish. Blood will not satisfy. In, in fact, the father in Leviticus 17 says, if anyone of the house of Israel or the strangers who sojourn among them eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood and will cut them off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have taken it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. Therefore I have said to the people of Israel, no person among you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger who sojourns among you eat blood. There is life in the blood. There is life in the blood is life in the blood. And we know in the fulfillment of prophecy in Christ, there is no life in this water become blood. There's only judgment there. Blood, blood everywhere. Again, at the Red Sea, God performs the miracle with water. Children of Israel are between the the host of Pharaoh and the Red Sea. They have nowhere to go. So what does his father do? He parts the water and the people of Israel cross over. God even removed the water from the riverbed so that they might cross over on dry land without carts and animals getting stuck in the mud. Water, salvation for the people of God. But as soon as the people of God cross through, the seas close in on the troops of Pharaoh salvation for the people of God, but judgment, condemnation, and death for the enemies of God's people. What does God use as a tool to make this happen? Water, water. It is with John the Baptist that our father is beginning to repurpose his use of water. The flood that once meant condemnation has now become in the hands of John, a washing of regeneration and renewal. The water, the flood, now means forgiveness. So get this, Jesus at Cana, the flood of judgment now gives way to joy at the marriage to prefigure the coming together of God and his people in the great wedding feast of the Lamb that has no end. This baptismal water not simple water only, water comprehended in God's command and combined with God's word. It works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all. Believe these words and promises of God. Thanks, Jesus, and thanks, Dr. Luther. At Cana then, Jesus said to the servants, fill up the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you've kept the good wine until now. This is the first of its signs, and it gives way to the final one. All this points us to the one final flood when jesus lay upon the cross and the spear is thrust into his side and water and blood flow mingled down hallelujah that's the fulfillment of all of that in exodus and leviticus that's the fulfillment of all that god has desired for water water everywhere and blood the blood that jesus shed for me Way back on Calvary, the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it shall never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, today to day, today to, to day, it will never lose its power. So come, you people of God, baptismal water washed, not in judgment, but in grace. Blood covered, not in judgment, but in forgiveness. So come, take and eat, take and drink. It is the body and blood of Jesus given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And we say, thanks be to God. Hallelujah. For the water and for the blood, once judgment now turned into blessing. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we command that blessing and we pray. And the people of God have said, amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding strengthen and sustain you unto life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen.